0: Of Wax, the ultimate dimension in terror.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Burt Reynolds and Charles Bronson podcast. I am your host, Scott White. We have a special Halloween episode. I'm once again joined by my good friend, Emmy Service. Hello, it's me. We are doing the 1953 3D horror classic, The House of Wax, starring Vincent Price and Charles. Bernard burst sure what's his name?
2: Uh, not Charles Bronson, I don't think. Yeah, that was that's his real name. Oh, like the oh, you're trying to pronounce his actual real last name? Not a clue. Yeah. But also Chirosky.
1: I was I believe it's Chiroski. Sure, we'll go with that. In the 50s before before he made it big in the in the 60s and 70s, he usually played uh he had small roles of heavies in movies. And this is one of them, and it happens to be a horror movie. What is your reference of Charles Bronson? Or do you um, even have any reference of Charles Bronson?
2: If I, Okay, I am pretty sure Ten Commandments?
1: No. Fuck, who is that? <laughs> that was Charlton Heston.
2: Charlton Heston, okay. Uh, I was like, I'm going to say this, and I don't think it's right. So I know who Charles Bronson is, but clearly not what movies he's been in. He is uh, most
1: famous for Death Wish, the Death Wish movies.
2: Oh, uh, okay. The Then apparently the most I know about Charles Bronson is that one joke from The Simpsons about being in Bronson, Missouri. <laughs> Play Simpsons clip here.
1: I was going to put the Simpsons clip in right here, but once again, I don't like to be told what to do, so guess what? No clip. So we are what? doing the House of Wax, so, yeah, and uh, and Charles Bronson plays a deaf mute. Oh, so that I can't... was who?
2: Okay, I was gonna say that's who Charles who Bro- the
1: deaf mute. That was Charles Got Bronson. It. Got it. So I can't use any clips of him, but we'll talk about his performance when we, once we get to it. Uh, you're also obviously a big horror uh, movie fan.
2: Yes, very much. So. Where,
1: what Vincent Price? What's your yes. take on Vincent Price?
2: Oh, I love Vincent Price. I uh, grew up watching the original House on Haunted Hill. Which I is my favorite of the Vincent Prices. Um, Thirteen Ghosts, the old one. I also, it's it's good, but I like House on Haunted Hill better. Um, I I had seen House of Wax, but it's it was so long ago I didn't remember it very well. Um, and this I actually, as far as Vincent Price ones goes, might like this one better than Thirteen Ghosts. Um, yeah, but House, House on Haunted Hill is still my number one Vincent Price.
1: Vincent Price is one of those actors. Whatever he is in. He mm-hmm. just brings class, yes, and and elegance to it. As you know, he had a he had a wonderful sense of humor because mm-hmm. he also poked fun as at his horror image, yeah. and also did comedies. You know that brings him up in my book too because he just had a sense of humor about himself and he yep. didn't take himself or the work that he was doing. I mean, he took them he he took the acting seriously, but not but himself seriously. Not himself seriously. Yes,
2: I personally love when celebrities or whoever. Are able to be in on the joke and do not take themselves celebrity. like like um have, did you see recently Jury Duty I think on Amazon
1: I know what you're talking about yeah
2: yeah James uh, James Marsden plays himself in it and I love I, it's a great little series so like definitely watch it but also I just love the fact that James Marsden full on makes fun of himself and Hollywood like all together I just I love that so yeah mm-hmm. plus plus is for Vincent Price in my book but he's also one of those actors where. And, and ironically, Tony Shalhoub um, does this too, which I made the connection because Tony Shalhoub was in the remake of 13 Ghosts, which is <laughs> – I have more to say on that if, if we have time. Mm-hmm. Um, but like both of them, even if the source material is not great, they still take it like – they take it very seriously and they give their all to that part. So like there are definitely moments in this where it's kind of cheesy, but you mm-hmm. wouldn't but – but Vincent Price doesn't play it cheesy. He plays
3: it sincere. No.
1: So it's in 1953, and it was shot in 3D. So this was when you went to the movies, you would see this in 3D. So the credits are those credits that just... Coming at (laughs) you! Coming at you! The time frame, this movie takes place in, I'm guessing, uh, through a couple of dates that we are given in the movie, the early 1900s.
2: Yeah, sounds about right.
1: We go to this wax museum... And we pan through, and this wax museum is all historical depictions. uh, Depictions. Thank you. Uh, Cleopatra,
2: Joan of of Arc, Uh,
1: uh, Marie Antoinette, Abraham Lincoln, uh, and uh, Booth. Yeah, John Wilkes Booth. And and we and we pan through, and there's Vincent Price. He's working on this wax figure, and then I get his benefactor at the time Mm -hmm. walks in, and they have this. It's the typical. You're not making any money, uh, yeah. or he he
2: was making money. He just wasn't making as much money as the benefactor wants him to be making. Like he, you're making money, you could make more. Right. Yeah.
1: Oddly enough, I had that conversation not too <laughs> long ago with somebody. The guy, I wouldn't, I guess, benefactor, who boss, whatever, he has like bought, his partner, has,
2: uh, yeah, like financial partner, partner yeah. or something. He has
1: put twenty thousand yeah. dollars into this wax museum. Yeah, he's investor. And at that, He's an investor, and $20,000 at that time was an enormous – I mean, it's, it's, right. it's a large amount of money now, but then it was just – like, like a
2: million or something.
1: A million, close to that. Yeah. And he's like, we could make more money because these other wax museums are putting in a house of horrors. And right. Vincent Price is like, no, that's not my thing. Yeah. And, and it's right crass. There, and that's it's
2: uncivilized. Little- it's gauche. Yes.
1: And right there, he makes fun of himself. He's in on the joke. He goes, "Oh, yeah. horror movies. I'm just, that, <laughs> that, that, just doesn't, that just doesn't appeal to me." And I'm like, "That's right. that's Vincent right there."
0: Yeah,
2: that's. <laughs> wink, wink, nudge, nudge.
1: <laughs>
0: Hello, Matthew. What are you doing here so late? I came to get the books. I want to study our account. Well, we've been doing very well lately. Over two hundred paid admissions today. Do you call that good Saturday business? If you weren't so stubborn, we'd be turning them away from here weekends. Who cares a hang about history and wax? There are people in the world who love beauty, but more who want sensation, shock, sure. morbidly curious. <laughs> I won't cater to them. Their money's as good as anybody else's. You should have seen them turning away at that wax museum on 23rd Street tonight, the Eden Musée. The story's the same at Madame Tussauds in London. You'd only listen to me, John. I know, Matthew. I'd put in a chamber of horrors. Murder, torture, execution, scare the living daylights out of people. I don't care for that kind of patronage. You're a great artist, a genius sculptor, but I'm just a common ordinary businessman. I want a quick return on my investment. I've got $20,000 sunk in this historic peep show of yours, and I could use that money to better advantage. All right, Matthew, all right. I've known for some time you wanted to dissolve our partnership,
3: and I think I may be able to accommodate you. Oh. Friend of mine is bringing Sidney Wallace, the art critic, here tonight to see my work. Wallace is rich, and I think I might be able to persuade him to buy you out. Well, that sounds interesting. Of course, I'll want to profit on my investment. <laughs> yes, Matthew, I understand.
0: You leave everything to me, and I promise you it'll be... That should be they now. All right, I'll wait in the office. I've heard of this, Wallace. He has a pot of money. If he likes your stuff,
1: put a stiff price on it. The guy's like, I want to get out of this. And Vincent Price, well, I, I, I know you want to get out. I have this guy coming. He may want to invest. So if he wants to invest, he may buy you out.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And the guy's like, great. And then his new benefactor or his future benefactor shows up at the door. Potential. Thank you. So the guy, his business partner goes up into the office and, and like weirdly you
2: know. like spying on the whole thing from the open yeah. doorway which was like a weird like well i mean you why don't i don't think they wouldn't let you just go on the little tour with them it was just a weird <laughs> but also like lends to that guy just being kind of weird in general
0: <laughs>
2: but then they they go on the little tour of all the little vignettes and he kind of describes them and the thing that i took away from that whole opening was that for uh the beginning of a horror movie vincent price and the whole thing just it was so gentle it was so like soft and loving which i i imagine was intentional because of where it goes later but like i kept thinking like oh he's so like s- like just kind and intentional with these little wax figures and he's like talking to them. he's kind of chuckling at oh i talk to them when no one's around huh it's silly of me ha ha ha, ha. and there, it's like very charming
1: That is a character that Vincent Price cultivated is Mm. the good. He starts off as a good man and then through a horrific event turns into an evil man. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, uh, Yeah. That, you know, that was his specialty. And this is one of the first times we see that. Mm. The benefactor is like, you know what? I like what I see. I may consider investing. However, I've got to. I'm funding a trip to (laughs) Egypt.
2: Yeah. Like you do. But (laughs) I'll be
1: back. Yep. Like you are when you're a rich benefactor. You're always <laughs> off to Egypt. And he's like, I'll be back in three months and we'll talk about it. And Vincent Price is like, oh, thank you. I appreciate that. And then they yeah. leave.
2: Problem solved. End of movie.
1: <laughs> and then the his partner comes back down and is just like, well, I heard the whole thing. Three months isn't going to work for me. And... And Vincent Price is like, I don't know what we're gonna do. It's either that or no. he's like, I don't have the money to give you, and he's gonna be back in three months. What are we gonna do? And then the guy goes, Well, you know how flammable wax is.
2: This this scene goes from zero to eighty. Like I, I like when he says that first thing of like, Well, you know, there's a easy way we could both walk away with a bunch of money. And immediately I'm like, Oh, that's because like I couldn't remember. I think that was the other thing about this opening scene is Vincent Price is so gentle and kind I couldn't remember like how does he turn to the crazy person and then I remembered oh this is why because this guy
1: yes I did remember this I did remember this and the guy's like we torch the place we collect the insurance money and Vincent Price is like, no, because Vincent Price is re- refers to his works of art as his children. And we so literally just spent children. like
2: – we spent like ten, the first ten minutes just watching him with these wax figures. So we already – that and they did a good job of setting that up so we immediately know how how painful that would be to do this because now we see this relationship that he has with the wax figures so immediately we're like, "Oh, don't do that! That's horribly mean." <laughs> and he listens to him, and he walks away. And three months later, he has a new benefactor. End of movie.
1: Right? And he he sets Marie Antoinette's dress on fire, like out of and nowhere, these, out of nowhere. He's, he's lighting a cigar, and he's just like, and these things go up immediately. almost immediately. And he's lighting him up, and Vincent is trying to put him out, and and they get into uh, they get into some they get into a scuffle
2: it's literally the next five minutes is this is the benefactor like striking matches and putting things on fire and vincent price trying to put them out and then they start punching each other and then vincent price uh gets like knocked unconscious at one point and then the other guy like goes into the workroom starts throwing like the wax or paint thinner or whatever it is everywhere lights in more on flame and it's like and it's five whole straight minutes of just firefighting
1: it's a very effective scene because one, as you said, we set up how important these yeah. things, these figures, are to him. So yeah. just to see him melting away. Yeah. But the wax, but the the wax melting away, and this being, I'm guessing, one of the few movies shot in color up to that time. Yeah. It looks like they're crying when the, yeah, when the wax melts yeah. away. So that it was a very effective. It was effective. Yeah. Yes.
2: It probably, the scene I probably can... went on a little bit long for me. Like, it probably didn't need to be five whole minutes, but but it was still effective. Because I felt, you, you feel bad for Vincent Price, because he's looking around and he's, like, devastated. However, the laws of physics cease to exist in this house because they are standing amidst so many flames, and, like, neither of them seem to be <laughs> affected by the heat, <laughs> which no, is a common and... theme later.
1: Another uh, what we get is this being the 1900s. Yeah, the house is being heated or lit oh, by yeah, gas. Oh, yeah, yeah, yes, that's right. So there's so gas is flowing while these flames are going. And there's certain scenes where you look and it's obviously a stunt man for Vincent Price. Sure. But there but there are scenes where he is in there with the fire. And the final scene before the building blows, Vincent Price runs, and it's him because you see his face he runs under this doorway and then the balcony above that door collapses Mm -hmm. so that was vincent price doing his own stunt in that was a good stunt and then as the the gas explodes and the whole building goes up in flames yeah
2: and vincent price died and that was very sad and the benefactor got the insurance money end of movie movie. that's the last (laughs) of those jokes i'll make.
1: Then we cut to sometime like later. Months? A year? They've, it's got to be at least vague. months. Yeah. It's vague. But we see the his partner, who was with...
2: A blonde who with, actress. Who she, is? I wish I could tell you, because she looked familiar, but I couldn't Marticia place her. Morticia
1: Adams. Oh, from the shit. Adams family.
2: Oh, that's what... Oh, yeah. Carolyn she... Jones. Oh, okay
1: Carolyn Jones was a blonde in real life and she wore the black wig on the Adams family so
2: wow I did not put that together and she yes. also sounds vastly different she's got mm, yeah. she, in my head in my head she's like if you've seen guys and dolls she is in full-on Adelaide mode because she's got mm. the blonde hair and she kind of talk like up like this a little bit and she's weird like she's very yeah. m- m- just <laughs> well, it's more of her in the next scene, but she's like callous. She's a, a w-
1: she's a ditzy gold digging blonde. That's all yeah. she is. No character and, development. No, she doesn't have time. But yes, that's Marilyn <laughs> Jones who went on to be uh, Morticia Mort- Adams in the TV yeah. show. The the owner's like, oh, if you only knew, if hmm. you only knew Vincent Price like the way I knew him, he was an artist, and mm-hmm. and she's like. Well, did the insurance – and the first words out of her mouth are, well, right. did the insurance check clear? And he's like, yeah, it just cleared today. We had some problems. We had to make sure he was dead. But it finally cleared today.
2: The and then she goes, yeah, they always want a corpse.
1: <laughs> yes.
2: <laughs> Which is like, what do you mean they always?
1: Have you done this before, ma'am? I have From questions for you. From the she
2: probably has. I'm yeah. sure she has.
1: And then <laughs>
2: – They always want and, a corpse. And
1: then she, he's like, yeah, I got the money in my safe. We can, Where do you want to go? And she's like, let's go through – reno or Vegas. niagara niagara falls in niagara those days falls. you went
2: to niagara falls we, to get married <laughs>
1: and he goes in the most <laughs> uninspired way he goes yeah i don't know maybe it'll be <laughs> maybe <laughs> something yeah like he's that's romantic
2: like, hooray yeah and and she's not phased by the fact that he's like oh yeah sure marriage that that could be fun no because i think that you, they're yeah, you're gonna right. go she to Niagara Falls. They were going to get married. She was going to push him into the falls and then walk away with that insurance money. Mm-hmm.
1: So we go back to his office, and he gets the money, and now we see... The Phantom of the uh, Opera. The Phantom of the... That's exactly what it is. We see the Phantom uh, Liter- Vincent Rice. Literally,
2: yes. Yeah. Was this first or was dressed- Phantom of the Opera? No, because Phantom of the Opera came from, like, the
1: 20s, right? Oh, yeah. That was Lon Chaney, Jun- Lon Chaney Sr. So, yeah, yeah okay. Phantom of the Opera was in the 20s.
2: Okay, but so it's not... So it, this was not the inspiration for Phantom of the Opera, but like the the bad guy of this movie, full on looks like Phantom of the Opera.
1: Yes, it's Vincent Price. His face is horribly scarred, and he's, he's what that black. was Vincent Price. And he had a black hat on. He's walking. He, he he's crouched down. He's he, he's walking weird. He's skulky. Uh, he goes into this, and when this guy and apparently this guy has no.
2: No, no peripheral vision whatsoever.
1: Not peripheral vision. He's right in front of him. (laughs) He's
2: got no No vision. vision. Yeah, no. He just full on like peripheral
1: vision, but no. This guy is right in front of him, and Vincent Price. (laughs) But they do that slow, where a hand comes up from behind the chair and puts it. Let's take in mind these are 1953 audiences. Sure, sure. It's terrifying. I'm sure it was at this point. He turns off the light and he strangle he he strangles him unconscious. I believe. With a cord.
2: It. it I uh. wondered about that because honestly, I couldn't tell. It, 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 he he either strangles him unconscious or he strangles him to death. It's one of those two, but it's. Yes. I didn't think it was clear, but this will be important in a moment. Because then be. he. Yeah.
1: Because then he takes a longer piece of rope, and so these are the 1900s. So these are the elevators. They're like in open cages. Metal
2: bars. They're, they're, yeah. yeah,
1: they're in open metal cages. <laughs> There's no safety. It's like you can open doors when the elevator isn't on the floor. It's just, yeah. That's just how they were built back then. Sure. And he ties the rope to one end and then ties the rope to his the neck really? and then throws him down the elevator shaft. And it looks like he committed suicide. And once again, we're, we're looking through this through 2023. So uh, this is what... So this is... Yeah, yeah, this movie is 70 years old. So audience at the time would just... Just the way that body hit... And yeah. snap, and they show because usually in movies like this you you see the you you don't see the end result. You see the person getting thrown out of the elevator with the rope around its neck, and then and you might hear like, like that see. snap, yeah, exactly, yeah. But yeah. we see this, and then the cleaning woman sees it, and she screams, and then Vincent Price go and he, and he takes the money too. He takes. His, yeah. I thought that was funny too. He's lying on the floor. And he just goes through his pocket. He takes his wallet. I thought that was kind of funny.
2: I mean, to be fair, that was his insurance money first. That was his but, insurance money. Yeah. So, like, was it stealing or was it just claiming what was his? But, but that's you wouldn't why want I a, short- you would
1: not want a misdemeanor <laughs> on top of that murder charge.
2: I mean, at that point, you're already going away for a while. Yeah. Um, but, it, but it's very unclear whether he. Uh, the benefactor was already dead or if falling down the elevator shaft like broke his neck in the fall. He didn't, I'm thinking he was strangled to death already because when he like fell and did that kind of like bounce thing that you that you do with the when you fall at the bottom, like there was no reaction. He didn't like kind of like jerk or like his hands to like cluck, clutch at the noose. He just was there. So I'm inclined to think he was already dead, but honestly, it could go either way.
1: It could go either way, but it doesn't really matter. So he's, it he's does not... dead for sure now. Oh, he's very much dead. And the, and then we cut back to, uh, Car- the the blonde, Carolyn Jones yeah. and her roommate.
2: Which, if, she, which they her... did not, they didn't like set that up till later. Cause at first I was like, is this her? Me? Like, I didn't know who she was. They, they get to it later. I'm like, Oh, okay. Got it. But like, that was not clear at first, but this is there... the scene where I'm like, this blonde is cold.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, Carolyn Jones plays Her her character's name is, Pamela and the other woman's name is Sue first of all they're strapping her to a corset and her waist yeah. is about
2: it's already tiny it is tiny yeah.
1: <laughs> and she's going on saying that how she was going to marry this rich guy but he preferred to hang himself and right and then she'll like, what a
2: card <laughs> like literally says what a card and then laughs and then it's like Doo, do, do, off on a new date and it was just like I was like Oh, ma'am, I was not expecting that. So cold, like, yeah. I there's something. I feel like there's another movie about that character because, like, how did she get to be like that? That was,
1: well. So these are two lower income women, and one, uh, Sue, who's our main, who's our 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 main character. She's, as they put it, you're not like me. You're you're smart, and then, (laughs) and then in Carolyn Jones, Sue. She's basically. I'm using my body to get a rich husband. That's yep. what she's doing. And she and and she's got a big date tonight. Big date tonight. We don't know with who, but it's like he's very elegant. He's good. He's sending the handsome mm-hmm. cab. We're going to this yeah. nice restaurant, Mister Moneybags. Mister Moneybags. It's also made apparent that Sue is behind on her rent. Yeah, and, and, she, the and Sue's going having.
2: to like a job interview, and she's like, I hope I get this job interview because like I haven't had anything lately, and yada yada yada. And then like. Uh, I guess Pamela has like a oh, a slight soft spot cuz she does give Sue some money. She's like, "Here, make sure he eats something."
1: And she also gives her it's like, "Oh, and apparently the 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 guy she's out at job interview with is Hansy. And she oh, sort of right. gives him gives him a heads up on that. Right. And that initially is why she she doesn't take the job in the first place because she is not like Sue, you know, mm-hmm. she doesn't want men pawing at her and she doesn't want men touching yeah. her that she doesn't want touching her.
2: Yeah, because oh, later, later we cut to, I guess like it's, it's because I, I guess they're in their shared bedroom and like the boarding house or whatever, and then later we jump and Sue's coming back and the mistress of the house is like, oh, where have you been? And she's like, oh, I'm trying to get her a job. Did you get it? No, I had a problem with the manager. And we're like, <laughs> oh, okay, oh. there it is. Yep.
1: So that's it. So she yeah, she doesn't get the job and she's like, but don't worry, Sue said that she will give me some money and... The, uh the landlady's like, well, she's upstairs now. Go get it, because you're not spending one more night in this house yeah. if you don't pay the rent. Pa-
2: Pamela's the blonde, right?
1: Pamela is the blonde, yes.
2: Okay, okay. You kept saying Sue was going to lend me money. Okay, just making sure.
1: It's not going to matter anymore, because <laughs> you go upstairs, and Sue finds Pamela dead. She has been strangled. She's lying in her bed. Vincent Price comes out of the shadows and sees Pamela and Pamela screams. Sue, she, he sees Sue, <laughs> and sees Sue. God damn it! She sees Sue. Well, he, I he technically he would see Pamela. I mean, he does
2: but. see Pamela, but Pamela's dead, so she doesn't see him. Yes, Pamela
1: is dead, and she sees Sue, and yes. Sue screams. Sue screams and runs and jumps out the window. And then and I love this
2: reaction. They cut away to like the bottom of the stairs where like four people come out and go, did you hear that? And one goes like, the scream came from that way. And then they all just stand there. And he's like, let's go check it out. And then the guy shoves the mistress of the house the like I thought that was,
1: that was something very, very <laughs> subtle and very, very funny. I, yes, yeah. I thought that. Well, let's go check it out. And he like puts his hand on of her back. And just leads her up the stairs.
2: Yeah, like, I see you, sir. All right. They go up the stairs so goddamn slow. I don't want to be like, they're screaming. They're, like, urgent, urgent people. Go, go, go. <laughs> they saunter up the stairs in time to see not Vincent Price.
1: No. Oh. Because Vincent and, Price has followed her out the window.
2: That's right. And Sue's not there either. So the four of them go up and just find Pamela. So they're like, ah, who screamed then? Because she is very dead. But then we have this, like, long, again, a little bit longer than I would have liked, but a little bit of this long chase scene, like, over the rooftops, and then, like, down the alleys, and it's, like, not London, but...
1: This obviously was a set, but I liked the way it looked. It looked really nice with the rooftops and the the cobblestone streets. Mm -hmm. Fog, and it was lit really well. Obviously a set, but it it, it looked really really nice. It looked really effective. Sue... Sue runs all the way to a friend of her mother's house. So her mother has passed away, but she runs to a friend's a friend of her mother's house.
2: Okay, I was wondering again wasn't entirely clear whose house she ran to, but I was like, uh, eh, someone's someone she knew. Okay, fine.
1: It was a friend of her mother's and her mother has a, a son called Scott. Ah. And Scott and Sue grew up together.
2: And I think we get the idea pretty quickly that like they're kind of like keen on each other, but
1: Yeah but
2: it also doesn't really matter for this movie
1: <laughs> it doesn't really matter however I I did like their relationship in In these old movies it's like hey I just met you we're yeah. in love and their relationship felt like a real uh, like a real relationship how it would have developed organically it's not like hey I met you I met me you know we're totally in love right now
2: right right
1: that movie, movie love as it is sure yeah.
2: sure sure yeah rom-com love
1: so we cut back to the boarding house. The police are there. I and did appreciate they take... that
2: they, they didn't fall into like the trope of, she's dead, where's Sue? Oh no, she fled the crime scene. It must have been her. Like they, they didn't fall into the trope of thinking Sue was the murderer. They were like, okay, clearly she's been dead for hours, so you didn't do this, so what happened? And I was like, okay, great. I would gladly circumvented that whole stupid thing.
1: And they go to the morgue and it's like, oh yeah, she was dead for hours. She was stranded with a cord, and then they realized, okay, so this is just this is like the third murder. It was like, and it was like the police captain, right, he was murdered, and so they now, so not only have they been murdered, but we're going to find out later that bodies are, are being stolen from the morgue. Gross, um, because they examine the body, they take the body to the morgue, and there's a scene oh. where w- one of the bodies <laughs> yeah. springs up. And one of the attendants goes, that's just the embalming fluid. It makes." And sense. just
2: shoves them back down. It's fine. Yes. Shove. <laughs> and,
1: and this movie does have, it's like, that's t- typical dame. Always <laughs> wants to get in the last word. And oh, my
2: that, God. And... That made me cringe so hard. And I had mm-hmm. to be like, I, 50s humor, I get it. We've come a yeah. long way since then. But also, Jesus Christ.
1: Uh, Vincent Price is there. He steals Pamela's body from the morgue. He lowers it down to his two assistants. And they're off. And then the next day, we go to the police office. Because the next day, Pamela, uh, Sue has co- has, has co- collected herself. Mm-hmm. And now she's telling the cops what happened. And they're sort of chastising her. It's like, why didn't you come last night? And they're like, well, she wasn't, like, you know.
2: <laughs> I had a day.
1: <laughs> and then she describes them. It's like, well, I can't. And once again, the police are like you're a dame you were hysterical yeah. <laughs> are you sure you looked like this
2: and then and she was also um she was saying well pamela had a date right before um but it couldn't have been the guy that i saw because pamela said that the, her date was very handsome and had silver hair and the guy that i saw yikes so they're like oh clearly a different person
1: they don't suspect her, but then he's like, don't leave town. Yeah, where's she, where's she going to go? It's like, she... yeah. <laughs> it's
2: like she's... Yeah. It's she's going to hop on a plane. <laughs>
1: then we cut to...
2: What's his... Is this, this is the benefactor that we... Or the potential benefactor this that the, we saw at the beginning of the movie? Yes. Okay, got it.
1: And we see him walk. We knock on the door. He opens the door. And this is the first shot we get of Charles Bronson.
2: Not so charles Charles Bronson...
1: Yes, Charles Bronson opens the door and Charles Bronson plays a deaf mute in this movie.
2: Which I'm also thankful they didn't go fully offensive with it. He was just kind of like uh, like yeah. cuz his name his name is Igor in this, so it's like ha ha ha. ha. But they didn't he didn't go full like like cringe I, with it. They could have. <laughs>
1: they, they could they didn't, have. So. I really liked his portrayal. I yeah. thought he did a really good job as a, as a deaf mute. I bought him. Yeah. Charles Bronson later in life was not, you know, people would make fun of his acting, but yeah. at, at the beginning of his career, he took it seriously. He took this role seriously. I I bought him 100% as yeah. a as a deaf mute. Yeah. And Well,
2: I appreciate that he didn't play him stupid because being a no. deaf mute does not mean that you're stupid. It means that you just can't hear or speak, which is not stupid. It's not the same thing. So I appreciate that there was that distinction because... Um, a lot of times in movies for "quote unquote" comedy, they don't do that, and then that's when we get cringe.
1: Uh, Charles Bronson leads them in, yep. and we and we see Vincent Price again. So Vincent mm-hmm. Price had survived the fire,
2: no. and he is in a wheelchair.
1: He's in a wheelchair now, much grayer, much grayer, and his hands are burned beyond not burned beyond recognition, but they <laughs> their hands hats. work. Yes, they still work, but. He cannot do delicate work as sculpting anymore. He I'm goes. To, I'm trying
2: to figure out how to describe them. They they look like like so pruny that, but like like if prunes, if pruny fingers from a bathtub were like stiff, like that's what it kind of looks like.
1: He reveals himself. Yeah, I'm still alive. I didn't die in the fire. And to me, this is like a huge. It's like a huge deal that this is glossed over. It's like you mean the person that we thought was dead all this time is alive, and nobody's yeah. going to look into it. <laughs> <laughs> ah. it also turns out that he has another assistant and this assistant yes. can speak so he's got two assistants they are his students they've been sculpting he's been telling him what to do he's and like a creative he's director. showing his new benefit and now vincent price has a totally changed attitude it's like yes i want to open a new wax museum i want to scare the
3: bejesus out of people give the, the people the what they want like- mr wallace professor It's so good Oh, forgive me. Shaking hands with me is an unpleasant experience. My hands are no longer hands. Sit down, please. Oh, this is Igor. He's a deaf-mute. He's one of my assistants. I'm going to open another wax museum under a different name. It startled you, eh, seeing me here? That's an understatement. I thought you were dead. Jared is dead. I am a reincarnation. When I read this letter and saw your signature, I thought somebody was playing a joke on me. I still don't understand how you escaped from the fire. It's a mystery to me, too, Mr. Wallace. All I can remember is that I tried to get out of my studio. I failed at first, but here I am. What a frightful experience. Somehow I made my way to the house of a doctor. Well, I still have my limbs, though they won't bear the weight of my body. As for my hands, they are no use to me now. As a sculptor, I can't control them, but they serve for ordinary functions. But you're beginning again? With the help of my pupils, yes. I'm rebuilding my exhibition from the ground up. I'm going to give the people what they want. Sensation, horror, shock. Send them out in the streets to tell their friends how wonderful it is to be scared to death. Let me show you one of my subjects. Do you recall the case of Kemmler, the first man to die in the electric chair? Yes. Igor is working on a model of his head. He has a strange obsession, this mute of mine. Every head he models takes on the shape of his own face.
1: And and, and Vincent Price gives these long speeches, but you don't mind because he, you know because of his voice and his yeah. you know his panache, the way he he delivers it. It's just it's just he's beautiful one of the, the way he does. He's one it.
2: of those actors that like I would listen to him read a phone book, like just the exactly. tone of his yeah. voice
1: and the way he speaks. Yeah. Yes, he leads them through another. Uh, the factory. Uh
2: yeah now he's got the new like show uh, floor show kind of thing and like the new depictions now are of like horrific deaths through history so it's still historical but like now it's more
1: gruesome but not only that what he wants to do is he wants to open up recent deaths right 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 and that there's gonna be a special room where it's like if you read about that death in the paper you're gonna see it here in the wax museum
2: yeah scandalous.
1: And their lab is downstairs, so they go downstairs, and we see this giant bubbling cauldron of wax. <laughs> and he shows him how it works. It's, we coat the body in wax before we put the hand and the heads on, and, and so we. And that's once again, that's going to be. That's it's a we. Uh, it's
2: they said like we uh, we coat the the mannequins, the dummies in wax. This is how we do it because they're mannequins, they're dummies. <laughs> wink, <Yes. laughs> wink. We believe this. <laughs> We don't believe this.
1: He shows them some more stuff, and then he shows him the wax mannequin of his former partner,
2: the one that he hung. <laughs> and they're like, oh, that's weird. Huh? I'm sure it's fine, though.
1: <laughs> and he opens up this crate, and the wax dummy falls mm-hmm. out of the crate. He's like, uh, he hung himself. And then we go to intermission!
2: Which, which I did not remember this movie having intermission because this movie is like a tight 90 minutes so it doesn't need an intermission but also I just forgot that like this is an older movie and sometimes older movies did have them but also they were like I remember intermission from specifically Oliver and Sound of Music because those movies were three hours long so you did need an intermission
1: they put an intermission in this movie because they felt the 3D effect would have adverse effect on the audience and they would need to take a break
2: Oh, so I forgot that this was 3D until when we come back from intermission and this next scene. I don't remember yeah. anything that was 3D or that could have been 3D because we didn't watch it 3D, obviously. But like, what in the first
1: half was 3D? I don't know. It was like I had the exact same thought as you did. It was like I okay. never really caught anything that would be would have been 3D.
2: No, not until – so like we come back from intermission and it's the opening of the new House of Wax, Chamber of Horrors. And for, but first we have to have like a good you know, two minutes of random sideshow Barker with a ping pong paddle just bouncing balls at the audience. And that was when I went, oh, this was probably in 3D because he's bouncing it at the camera, which I'm sure in
1: 1953 was super cool. Yes, but... so he was bouncing it at the camera. And yeah. there's a couple of scenes where he's talking right into the camera where yeah. it looks like he's talking to somebody in the audience. It's like, "Hey, put down that bag of popcorn or else I might knock right. it out of your hand." Yeah.
2: Right. Yeah. So and that probably was very fun to be in the theater and have that happen. But it was also a lot of that. I almost wonder if there was no 3D in the first half and it was just that part because honestly, other than that, I couldn't tell you what was 3D. But my favorite so like we go I think we go inside and do stuff and then come back out later, but when we come back out later, he's still ping-ponging away. But then he does this really fucking weird thing where he ping-pongs and then catches the balls in his mouth, and he does it with three separate paddles. And I was like, why is this an attraction? That's weird and gross.
1: Well, it was the <laughs> 1900s. But yes, so I he's barking to get people into the House of Horrors, and we see these three women <laughs> outside, and they're like, ooh, let's go in. These three women, This so these three women from the 19 the early 1900s, Mm. They're in a house of horrors. So the people in who are watching this in 1953, <laughs> right, are are thinking, "Oh, this is tame," but it wouldn't have been tame for the people in the 1900s. While we watching it today, <laughs> watching the people from 1953, it's like, "Oh, this movie is so this tame is today." So tame. But yeah. it would have, but it would have been driving them up the walls. So it's it's really
2: <laughs> irony. It's
1: a, a nice irony progression. It's the yeah.
2: circle of life. Or death. Or horror.
1: It's yeah. the opening night, and Vincent Price is like, you know, he's a showman. He's in a wheelchair, so he's wheeling himself around here, here, you know. And then he starts showing. And then we see the, the women are starting to, ooh, you know. Swoon. In, they're starting to swoon. And Pamela and Scott show up.
2: Not nah, Pamela. Pamela's still dead.
1: Sue, <laughs> God <damn> it, Sue <laughs> and Scott show up. S's. Sue and Scott show up. There it and is. And Scott is also a sculptor. And yes, Scott and... is his friends with the Benefactor. So Vincent Price right. is introduced to Scott as a sculptor, and then he's also introduced to Pamela. Sue! <laughs> God damn it. Sue! What?
2: <laughs> you just want Carolyn Jones to be in the rest of this movie.
1: <sighs> now, so, okay. Yeah. But no, but okay. So, but Pamela is not gone. <laughs> what? Sue sees... Joan of Arc, the Joan and of Arc, the, yes, and it's the spinning image of Pamela, and mm-hmm. she is act, and it's so close to being Pamela that she's visibly shaken, shaken by it. And Vincent Price comes up and says, "I saw her picture in the paper. She resembles my Joan of Arc, so mm-hmm. I sculpted her from you know from the pictures in the paper." Perfectly and
2: reasonable explanation.
1: It is, but Sue doesn't buy it. Now, but the benefactor is like, "Oh, this is Scott." And Vincent Price, oh, I've heard of you. Would you like to sculpt for me? And Scott's like, yes.
2: Yeah, then we've got that weird thing where Vincent Price looks over at Sue and it's like, oh my God, you look just like my Marie Antoinette. And they have this cut where she's the actress is like standing perfectly still her eyes kind of moving back and forth and then it like cuts to her in the marie antoinette garb still perfectly still eyes cutting back and forth as though we needed help to picture her as marie antoinette be like remember marie antoinette remember what she looked like that was Marie antoinette okay got it thank you thank you very much
1: and he's like uh would you come and model for me and she's like um oh, sure Okay. Uh, <laughs>
2: which is not like a thing that she does, I don't think. I She's I not don't... a
1: professional model. No. Yeah.
2: But she does need money, so but she's she like, she does I need I money. <laughs> yeah.
1: And Vincent Price excuses himself. It's like I'm very, very tired. And then Scott and Sue leave, and then we well, see the darker well, again.
2: No, well before that they uh goes through some more of the exhibits and there's like the someone like the first person that was executed by uh, electric chair, which was like, Oh, that's kind of that was kind of macabre. Uh, but then also, they do have the vignette of the ex benefactor hung in the the elevator um, shaft. Yes. So they did have that there, which is like,
1: mm, that's a choice. <laughs> and then Scott and Sue leave, and then the the, the paddleball guy is there, and he yeah, catches them. Oh and... Now during this, one of the three women have fainted.
2: In a very, very comedic way. Because it wasn't like yes. a, ah, like a swoon to the floor. She just full on like eye crosses and just tilts forward completely. It's one of those Which, where
1: there were, obviously there was like a mattress, a mattress. in front of her. Oh, a, a, and she she just uh, But it was, it was so
2: funny because it's like so unladylike. And like considering it was the 50s movie in the like the early 1900s time era, it's like the most unladylike for someone to faint.
1: <laughs> because, yes, because at... In the front of the wax museum, they had a belly dancer, and it was motorized. Oh, yeah. And her hips yeah. were moving, and she's like, I bet I could do that. And they're like, stop. Right. No, you can't. Stop moving your hips. <laughs> you could never do Yeah. And then we go outside, and she sees the, the paddle ball guy catch three balls in his mouth. <laughs> That's, yeah.
2: Uh,
1: yep. Yep, and then she passes out again. Yeah, and then, and then it's, it's very comical, and... So this movie, it's it it's, it's got nice horror features to it, but it also has... It's got
2: peaks and valleys, peaks and valleys. Yes. It like, yeah.
1: It's got good pacing. We go to yeah. Sue. She's getting ready for bed. Her, her best friend, somebody snuck into her room and tried to strangle her. She saw this guy, <laughs> so before she goes to bed, she opens her window wide open and then goes to bed. Vincent Price has followed her home. And at this point, we're not supposed to know... I mean, anybody who knows anything about movies knows that this is Vincent Price.
2: Right, but, right. But as as far as the movie like logic goes, Vincent Price, the sculptor, is in a wheelchair, so it couldn't possibly be also Vincent Price, the murderer,
1: because, Right, and Vincent Price's face yeah. is intact. And right, this guy's right. face is, is fucked up. Not, now, yeah. So, yeah. I, I guess they were trying to fool... I don't know how many of the audiences back in 53 were fooled, but... So we're not supposed to think that this is Vincent Price.
2: It's possible that at the time that it was a shock because, A, because, you know, it was fifties, so there weren't as many, you know, movie tropes or things that they could have, like, identified at the time. But also, you know, this movie was brand new, so they didn't already kind of have that idea of, like, well, it's Vincent Price, so of course it's that guy. So it could have been a surprise at the time.
1: He throws a grappling hook onto her building, (laughs) swings into her window. He's Batman she wakes up and she and she screams and he runs away. Uh, the woman he she's staying with comes up and she's like, "He was here. He was here." And you know, and she's comforting her on her bed. And I guess it would have been scandalous if Scott came in, so the mm. mother came in. And... It was
2: it, it was interesting that like Vincent Price comes in with a grappling hook to just like check on her, but then just leaves. I I I guess it's just like to. For the sake of the movie, they had that there, but like just to get her rattled and then for things to pro- progress. But as far as the logic of Vincent Price in the movie, I'm like, mm, what is the point of that, sir? Just, like, recon? I don't know.
1: Maybe he was going to kidnap her that night, and this thing and went arrive.
2: That's true. It could have. <laughs> Take two. Could be.
1: The next day, she goes to the...
2: The cabaret, like I don't know what to call it, like yes. the like the strip club of the time. But by strip club, it's like can can dancers.
1: It was can can dancer. I guess it would be not at risk... because it was for. She's like, do respectable people come here? And she's like, and he's like, yes, respectable people come here all the time. But yeah, it's they're fully clothed. Yeah, they're fully clothed. I mean, yes, they have. <laughs> yeah i think this the
2: scandalous quote-unquote scandalous part comes from the fact that because they're the can-can dancers they're like lifting the skirts to show they're like bloomers underneath but like they're still fully clothed the entire time so it's not yeah. it's not stripping or burlesque it's just the fact that like oh there are undergarments there gasp and this she's and sue's doing the whole like demure like lowered eyes like oh i can't look at it oh I can, oh i can never but she's still there and scott's like Yep,
1: this is fun. And then Sue shares with Scott, when I saw his Joan of Arc, Pamela only had one earring. She didn't have both ears pierced. She only had one ear pierced. And that ear was pierced on Joan of Arc. Joan of Arc. How would she know? How would he know that only one ear was pierced? And he's like, well, he's seen pictures. He's an artist. That's a, He's trying to talk her out of it, and she is mm-hmm. absolutely sure that there is something going on which
2: is also again i understand that like as far as the movie goes they need a hook to keep this going but for the time of the 50s and then the time of the early 1900s would a lady have one ear pierced like i that seemed like a very strange thing for this for Pamela to like that be the that be the thing that was like the reason why it was definitely Pamela because of the it's one It's never really ear.
1: explained but she just nah. said she only pierced one ear. Right. I don't even know when ear piercing started. Was that this
2: I mean, I feel like there's been ear piercing of some sort in like many cultures, but like as far as when it became like socially acceptable for our country or culture or whatever, I don't know. But also like one ear piercing is not I feel like that wasn't really a fashion thing until, like, oh, way later. I mean, yeah. I also could be just completely talking of my ass because I don't actually know. They it just seemed like a thing for the time for that to be
1: a strange thing. He takes her to the police, and she tells him, it's like, look, there's something up. And then the police go, he actually <laughs> came in, Vincent Price actually came in and looked at pictures of her.
2: For reference, so Scott, for the
1: sculpture. For reference. So Scott's like, see, that's how he did it. And, and she's yeah. just not buying it.
2: Right, because they're like, see, perfectly reasonable. And she's like, but this isn't still weird a little bit, kind of? still. I feel, I still feel like this is kind of weird. They're like, yes, but it's regular weird, not...
1: They reluctantly are going to look into it. The the two poli- There's two policemen in this movie, and they go to the... Oh, oh, But there's a line after Sue and Scott leave. One of the, yeah, the detectives turns to another and goes only a dress could come up with a story like that
2: <laughs> which i believe is the 1953 uh version of bitches be crazy
1: they go back to the wax museum mm-hmm. and the two police are looking around and they run into once again they run into charles they run into vincent price charles bronson and then vincent Price's other assistant one of the detectives is ooh, i know that i don't know his name but i know that guy yeah without no. the beard i know that guy Right. And can't as, can't,
2: as can't remember like where he knows him from, but it's like I know a fa- he's he said like I'm not good with the names, but I know that face. I can't place him, but I know so like we know that he's somebody the policemen know. But if the policemen then, recognize him, it's probably not a good
1: thing, <laughs> right? And then they walk past the Lincoln, and mm-hmm. then they go, "Remember the police commissioner that was killed? Doesn't John Wilkes Booth look like the police commissioner?" And it's like, "Yeah, he 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 does." So now they're beginning to their suspicions are turning a little bit tweak okay. a little bit it's, yeah. they're tweaked a little bit because
2: that is oddly oddly odd
1: there's two people missing or two people have dead both of their bodies have been taken from the morgue both of them are, are resembled here in the whack. that yeah that's more yeah that, I think that would be enough for tweaking
2: yeah and they never really mentioned the the ex-benefactor because didn't he also go missing the body you would think Yes, he yeah. would
1: have to because. But he's they didn't. In there. They
2: didn't seem concerned about him.
1: They didn't mention but, that, but I'm sure that he had to because his yeah. body was in there.
2: Right, right. Um, and then, like while they're there, uh, Sue has also gone back to like thoroughly examine Joan of Arc, quote unquote Joan of Arc. And Vincent Price is like, "Oh, you came back! I'm so glad that you're back. By the way, here's the head I made of you." <laughs> and then shows her like the his Marie Antoinette, but it's literally sue's like face sculpted in as a head in a box which is i can imagine that if someone presented a box that had like the likeness of my head in it i'd be a little ah which she you know reacts understandably hmm, no thank you um but i think he like asks her like oh remember i still want you to come model for me because like this is good but like it could be better or something
1: something the police they actually he actually remembers who the who the second assistant is. Oh, that was that was so and so. He was in prison, he painted that mural on his prison wall, and they mm. released him. Then he went back to crime and then he disappeared. So they've recognized him. They go to arrest him, they go to his house, and they find the wristwatch right. of the police chief who has disappeared or you know, mm. who was murdered. Right, and they and they drag him in, and he is an alcoholic. He's like, you know, what happened to so? You know, where did you get this watch? I found it on the L, which is an elevated train. So they had elevated trains back then, you know. Which line? Sure. I so well, they must have. He goes, I found it yeah. on the L. He goes, which which line? The 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 B line. It's like, what?
0: Mm-hmm. And he's
1: obviously lying. But he's obviously going through the DTs because... so Now, so here's an interesting... So here's something I found interesting. This is a remake of a movie from 1933. In the movie in 1933, the guy was a heroin addict. Oh. And they used heroin. Now, since between 1933 and 1953, they invoked the movie code. Mm. So they couldn't use heroin anymore, so they changed him from a junkie into a... Junkie a drunk but if you watch these if you watch a lot of movies from like the 30s and 40s they mention morphine and cocaine and mm-hmm. heroin like, because like that snuff. was
2: I didn't realize that this was a, already a remake I thought that the the Finson Price House of Wax was the first one no the, no this is yeah. a
1: remake yeah a remake from the 30s eh,
2: okay so there are three of these now there
1: are three of these the first one's not called House of Wax I forget what it's called oh, off the top of my okay. head but it is a remake of that oh, movie okay um, so we cut back to uh, the, the house of wax and Scott is there and he's sculpting and Vincent is telling him he's sculpting his face. And he's and this is obviously a comment on his life. He's like, no, no, make make the jaw wider. The li- life has mistreated this man, you know, <laughs> you know, show it on his face. and Yeah. And then Scott lets it slip like, oh, Sue's going to come by. I'm going to it's her birthday. I'm going to take her out tonight. And Vince is, you know, Vincent is like, that's great, but before you go, could you please run to the florist? They're doing an arrangement uh, for one of the exhibits. Can you just go over there and check? So he's yeah. doing this to get him out of the picture. So he leaves, and then Sue shows up, and she's looking for Scott, and she's walking through you know all the exhibits. And while this is happening, Charles Bronson is following her. There's a scene. I know it was supposed to be dramatic, but it's where there's this, this row of heads, and Charles Bronson <laughs> yeah. has put his head up there. And I know it was supposed to be creepy, but it was just it was it was just funny.
2: I think it's also partially because. Um one of the heads to me it, I thought it was funny because it looked kind of like uh, if you know the Twilight Zone the uh, the dummy episode with the Jerry the dummy they look kind of like an older Jerry head so it was just kind of it was just funny yeah because he also because Charles Bronson I don't know if it was the makeup for this movie or that's just his face but he looked kind of like pro uh, Crohn Magnum guy so it's just no no yeah he's
1: definitely it, made yeah. up to look uh, sallow his face has a uh, yeah yeah, there's definitely yeah. makeup on.
2: Like a thick kind yes. of brow thing. He's made thing. up to look yeah. that way.
1: So he follows her around, and she finally gets to Joan of Arc, and she peels the wig back, and she sees the blonde hair, and it's like, oh, it is Pamela. Mm-hmm. And then Vincent Price is there. Yeah. <laughs> I yes. knew you would come. <laughs> so through this whole movie, whenever he was out and about in public, he was. it was like he was deformed. He was, he was hunched over, and it didn't look like his legs worked right. And that was just the way he moved. At this point, he stands up from his wheelchair and he walks perfectly fine. Yeah, gasp! Uh, His hands are still fucked up, but he walks perfectly fine. And she tries to run out, out, and Charles Bronson is blocking the door. And then she does the typical. So Vincent Price grabs her by the shoulder. She does a typical woman, "Uh uh uh (laughs) where Vincent Price has made a waxed face for it. So she. Busts the wax, and it's it's actually a very effective moment in the film where she, you know, she's busting his the the wax on his face, and the face just falls off, and shows you know his real burnt face, the man who's been following her around all this time. So,
2: but the interesting thing is because I. I think the assumption that we're supposed to make is that when he's skulking around the darkness in his Phantom of the Opera getup, that the wax monster face is like a mask. But it's actually that like the good face is the mask, which is which was interesting because I that I actually forgot about. So I was like had a moment of ah because I it was genuinely just surprising when the nice face was
1: you know what torn I, to pieces. I, I that that's a very good point. Most when most people wear a mask. It's not an ugly face. It's a good face. That is the mask. Mm-hmm. So you got to beware. You got to beware of those yeah. people.
2: Mm-hmm. Ooh.
1: Like a dame, she passes out.
2: What a typical broad. How dare she faint <laughs> when faced with murderous murderers. Eh. Also, I'm backtracking slightly, but I I will say, this is a very nitpick, but in the beginning of the movie, when nice Vincent Price, before the fire, is telling the potential benefactors how he makes his wax figures and, like, the painstaking procedures he does to, like, uh, place each strand of hair into warm wax until it looks like a real... But then later, Sue just, like, peels the entire wig off of uh, Pamela's head, and I'm like, wait a (laughs) second! Either he's got... He's shy with his crafts work, or he just was fucking It with was her the Charles
1: whole time. Bronson. He's cutting so. the corners.
2: <laughs> He's cutting corners.
1: <laughs> you know how those go. De- you oh, know uh, never, never outsource. Um, and while this is happening, we cut back to the police station and, and drunk.
2: And by take her downstairs, we mean. Yes, we so he kidnap her. her
1: downstairs. And we cut back to the police station and yeah. drunky <laughs> McDrunkard.
2: They're basically waiting him out. They're like, eventually, you're going to just be so like this shaky they got that this, you just. They've can't got take this it bottle anymore. of
1: booze in front of him, and he's pouring him a glass, and he's drinking, and he's like, "Okay, I I didn't kill anybody, but Vincent Price, he would kill him, and I would just take him to the, and we turn him into
3: wax, and can't stand it." All right, I'll tell you what I know. Patterson was killed because he looked like Booth. You killed him? No, not I, Jared at the waxworks. His hands were no good. He had to take subjects from real life. You helped him? No, oh, they were already dead. What about Burke? He's there too. in Wax. He was the one who set fire to the old museum. Jared came out of it alive, but insane. Kathy Gray? Joan of Arc. Joan of Arc, that's Kathy. She's there with all the rest of them. The whole place is a morgue. He'll do the same with Sue Allen if he ever gets his hands on her. You've got to stop him. You've got to stop him before he does any more killing. Uh,
2: no, I did get the idea that while the criminal may have be criminally inclined, he was not a murderer. So while he might be sort of okay with some shady businesses, he was not, like, condoning murder or didn't want to, like, go down for murder. So he's like, okay, okay, okay. I did these things, but I didn't kill anyone. And I, I kind believe of I believe
1: too. I believe Vincent Price took advantage of his alcoholism and said, you know, you, totally you do this for me and I'll make sure that you're, you know, you're drowning in booze. I also believe that. Yeah. I don't believe...
2: And he's probably also like, it's, I ask no questions. Yeah, that's it, yeah. too.
1: It's like, I didn't ask any questions... I collected the body, and yeah. I collected the bourbon.
2: Right. For all I know, they died on their own accord. I didn't know that he was going out and killing them. Too. like he, So, not a good guy, but not like the worst no. guy, I guess? No.
1: <laughs> as far as criminals go, he's okay, I guess. Now, while this is happening, Scott has come back to the wax museum, yes. and he's waiting for Sue he's going to go downstairs. And so he, him and Charles Bronson get into a fight. He doesn't want him to go downstairs and he's just like, he's, he's beating him up and just pointing to the front door. Like just go. And Scott's like, I'm not.
2: Yeah. Right.
1: In In effect. So, so right now, so three things are happening at once. The police mm-hmm. are on now on their way to the wax museum. Scott and Charles Bronson, Igor, are fighting, and downstairs, Vincent Price has chained Sue up on a gurney, and he has placed her under the faucets of the boiling wax
2: which seems super ineffective and a waste of wax to perform it this way whilst i understand again for the movie it's more dramatic to have this long pro- prolonged ah it's coming right at me so slowly but i'm like wouldn't it be more sense to just dip her in like
1: <laughs> but again well, I'm for gonna the movie say this he even though he is crazy so? he is still an artist the way uh-huh. that it is set up is that the machine distributes the wax evenly. So I, I think oh, if, if, okay. if she's going to be his masterpiece, he just doesn't want to dip her in wax. He wants it done correctly. So this machine would <laughs> would distribute the wax evenly over her body. Also, she's clearly naked, which once again I think would be kind of scandalous for
2: 1953. Is she, at, for some reason, I thought she had like the... Um... Not the corset, but, like, I forget what it's called. But, like, you know that, like, old-timey, like, white kind of romper thing that has, like, the ruffles up high? It's like ladies wore it under their big fluffy dresses. I thought she had that thing on, but also it does make sense that she would be nude because she's going to become a wax model. So if they waxed her with the thingy on, it would look lumpy. Yeah. But also the thing that about this that's super fucked up is I feel – I remember they said earlier in the movie of, like, they drugged someone through like a tea or something, so they were knocked out to imply that like they were knocked out before their very untimely death, or they were already dead before their waxing. She is
1: fully awake and screaming, so he is going to do this to her. Well, awake! he does eventually put he does eventually put her to sleep, but she is aware of it when when it, when they first start, and then he eventually puts a yeah yeah uh, because there's a very effective scene where it's sort of like she's in a box. And her hands are mm. shackled to the side. And they cut to this close-up of her hands scraping the side of the box. Mm. There's, there's, like, like wax, wax on, on it. the and side it's of a the ve- box. Like, they've it's done It's a very before. effective scene. Yeah. So all three of these things are happening. The police are racing. Scott and Igor are fighting. And Vincent Price is getting ready to cover her in wax. Igor... <laughs> Finally knocks out Scott and he's going to put his body in the guillotine that is in the Wax Museum. A real working Mm -hmm. guillotine. Yes.
2: Why wouldn't it be? That seems totally safe.
1: He puts it, you know, so he puts him in, and at that moment the police bust in. And this is kind of funny. It's like they all swarm on Charles Bronson. He's fending him off pretty well. Then all of a sudden he just stops fighting. He's like, (laughs) you're doing pretty you were holding off these four guys pretty well. And Ran out of steam. And he's like, where's, where's Vincent Price? Whatever. I forget his character's name because where's the, where's the professor? Where's the professor? And not knowing <gasps> that he's deaf yeah, right. and mute. Jared. Jared it's Jared. Jared. Where's where Professor Jared? Yeah. And,
2: All right. Let's start this whole podcast over.
1: <laughs> and so they go over to Scott and they take his head out of the guillotine. And then right after they take it off, the, the blade comes down. Yeah. And they're like, where's Jared? And he's like, he's in the basement. So they're breaking the door down. So once again, we get these quick shots of the wax has to reach a certain temperature before he can. Like
2: hundreds of degrees. It's like 350 or above. It's like fucking beyond boiling. So I feel like she's still screaming at this point. Like I don't remember at what point she like is unconscious, but I feel like she's awake for most
1: of so us. So we're cutting between the dial and the door and Vincent Price and and Sue. So a lot of quick cuts and they finally burst the door yeah. open. Vincent Price has run up the door to to fight them. So he's fighting all these cops. The head cop comes downstairs and moves Sue out from under the hot wax and during the fight yeah. the
0: wheels, wheels the table, the table away, away and then away. during the
1: fight Vincent Price gets pushed which you knew was going to happen gets pushed <laughs> into the giant yeah. vat of wax
2: what, what was the thing? it was Chekhov's uh, boil, uh, bo- yeah. boiling wax
1: <laughs> so this is why I know she's naked because at this point the uh, police officer takes off his jacket and lays it over her
2: Right, right, right. Okay. Yeah, I guess for what I, I guess my mind just filled in that lady romper thing because I yeah uh, makes sense. But also, it just occurred to me this is now two movies where uh, two Vincent Price movies where there is a death of someone falling into a big vat of liquid liquidy badness.
0: <laughs> the other one being
2: House on Haunted Hill, where someone falls into a lake of acid <laughs> because of reasons. We'll just leave it there. Spoilers. Uh, then
1: we go to the. The prologue? No, epilogue. Sorry, the epilogue. And because she goes... (laughs) We go to the Pamela. (laughs) It's like, it's so... Like, it was so scandalous of a woman being almost naked on screen. Like, she almost died, but the only thing she can say to the police officer is, oh, thank you for covering up with your coat. It's like, you almost died, (laughs) and you were embarrassed that you were naked? It was... (laughs) <laughs> you were almost covered head to toe in wax. Thank goodness nobody saw my hoo-ha right. and my bitty-bitties.
2: I mean, but also they probably did because they were out there for a decent amount of time before you got covered yeah. up. But anyway, then like the last minute and a half of this movie is so tonally drastically different. I like had whiplash for a second because they had the moment of like, oh, do you want to keep... They have like the, the Marie Antoinette head that looks like Sue. They're like, oh, do you want to keep this as a souvenir? And she's like, no, thank you, Blah. And then they had the weird, I I can't remember the joke. It was so weird, but it was like of the criminal who's now in jail. Was it a sketch of him, or was it it another fake head?
1: There was a a a wax head of Charles Bronson, and they just take it and they hold and they take it and they hold it up right to the camera. It's like this guy's going to have a beard by the time he gets out of jail. So the movie,
2: right? And then they're all so
1: (laughs) the movie ends with a close up (laughs) of a wax head of Charles Bronson. And that's
2: but also, why did he because, have a wax head? Like he wasn't one of because the.
1: Because he, he, the guy in the electric chair, when they sculpted him, he looked like Charles Bronson. Uh. Because uh, the guy, the first guy to ever die in the electric chair, supposedly looked like Charles Bronson. Right. So that's why they had a waxed head of Charles Bronson. Okay. 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 And that's it. That's the House of Wax from yeah. 1953. And you said this might be better than uh...
2: Thirteen Ghosts. I have to, I'd have to watch Thirteen Ghosts again because uh, it's been a while since I've seen. I've I've watched House on a Hill so many times, and I forget that about like Thirteen Ghosts and House of Wax. So I need to revisit Thirteen Ghosts before I solidify. But I enjoyed this more than I thought it would. It wasn't as cheesy as I remembered it being. It was. Um, it was pretty. Like the pacing was pretty tight, and I enjoyed it for the most part. It, the ending was just very. Again, it just the tone shift was so drastic and sudden that I didn't know what to make of that. So, other than that, and the you know, fun sexism of the 50s, which is like, well, you know, what are you gonna do at this point? Um, but overall, it's a, it's a fun time, and I always enjoy Vincent Price. Yes, things. it's a
1: fun time. Vincent Price is fantastic in it. Like I said, Charles Bronson does a really good job playing a mute, he, he doesn't play it stupid, as you say. Mm-hmm. I, I believe it. Um, yeah. He gets his emotions through with his facial expressions and his actions. So, yeah, it's a fun... Once again, mm. it's a 53 movie, so if you're expecting blood, guts, and gore, you're not going to yep. get it, but...
2: That's when you get the 2005 remake that is not good, mm. but very... <laughs> di- so, I... Because I have seen that one also just because... Uh, and the best thing about that movie is the opening score. Uh, the Some of the music is really good in that movie, but I remember it being not good it's like a just a it they take all of this because i feel like as much as this the original or this 53 version isn't gory or graphic or horror to like a modern audience it is like nuanced and there is like a plot and the characters develop and you kind of see where vincent price starts and ends up and there's a journey where in the 2005 one it's just like teens go to town and the I think if I remember correctly, the whole town is made of wax, so that was kind of neat. But, like, it was just crazy person, crazy guy is just crazy and just does no, there's, like, there's no reason like... Behind, there's Massacre. no reason
1: behind him doing it. it.
2: Exactly. It's just, like, he just... That's just the crazy guy in that town that no one goes to. So it's, like, if you want that kind of thing, or if you need more actual blood and guts in your house of wax, sure. But it's very generic. And, like, Paris Hilton is in it, so we'll take that as you will i think jared pedalecki's in it too which is uh, if you like jared Padalecki, then sure watch it for that sense but it is by no means i know it's not a must see like if if you have a list of horror movies to see the the 2005 t- house of wax is not not one of them
1: on all right so we are both going to recommend this movie it's it's fun halloween viewing so yeah. emmy what do you want to promote anything
2: um, if you are in the Boston area and it is if it is still the month of October where you are, uh, then come down to the Rice Square Theater. We've got a ton of fun events going on. It's our 10th anniversary of comedy sports. So we're doing some fun uh, alumni events and uh, special top backs. We've got a spooky Halloween match on the 28th, 29th, whatever that Saturday is. Uh, and then i'm also in a play also at the rise square theater that is the uh, october 25th and 27th or is it 27th 29th whatever that friday sunday is i don't know dates right now i should look at a calendar um pretty much anytime you want to find me perform i'll be at the rise square theater um, and also get your covid booster cuz i just got mine today so
1: all right that's it i want to thank emmy for doing this and we'll hear every we'll hear everybody we'll see everybody we won't even see them. <laughs> just- Tune into the next Burt Reynolds and Charles Bronson podcast. That's it. Goodbye, Pamela. Pamela.
0: <laughs> to support this podcast, please go to www.patreon.com slash Scott White and give what you're able. If
3: you're listening on iTunes, please give a review. This should help people find the podcast when they're searching.
1: Uh, no matter what services you use to listen, please leave feedback. We always want to
2: improve. Thank you for listening to the Burt Reynolds and Charles Bronson podcast.
0: Cross the streams, media. This has been a Cross the Streams media podcast.